after this conversation. Right now, I want us to turn our, turn our attention to the state capture inquiry. Kim Heller and Professor Siepe um, uh, of the view that we are conjoined by a constitution that arbitrary of justice must be fair or arbitration rather of justice I was wondering what that means so she's here to talk, tell us exactly what the report was about and when she tweets about it she tweets about it um, uh, uh, confirming that she believes it is true a curious point there when she says it turns out to be true in one of her tweets we'll talk to her about that as though they weren't quite sure whether it's true but we'll talk to her about that shortly after the break. So if you'd like to join the conversation, you're welcome to do so. 0891-104-207-0891-104-207. Kim Heller, by the way, is a communications strategist and analyst. And uh, she penned down an article report on the state capture inquiry with Professor Siposiepe. And so we'll hear more about that shortly after this. Well, a very warm welcome back to your feel-good break. Same without SABC One's most loved soapy generation. For the man on the screen, Graham Smith, having won the toss and elected. Catch the top news clips and watch live streaming of major news events. Keep your favorite shows on TV and pay your TV license at over 10,000 stores nationwide. In case you've changed your address, got married, divorced, or want to change the account holder, let us know by going online at tvlic.co.za. That's tvlic.co.za and update your information. We thank you for your continued support through the years. TV licenses. Pay yours. Make a difference. No, 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 I remember. Not again. But I'm trying, my love. Well, you need to get help. Are you struggling to get things started in your relationship? At Men's Clinic, we have the expertise to help you reignite the spark. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Woo! <laughs> yes! That's my man. Keys and C's apply. SMSs cost one red. This Sunday evening, it's Music Galore on SABC2. Words of wisdom to help you through the week. And a life-changing testimony that will awaken your faith. It's Gospel Time every Sunday at 9pm only on SABC2. Where you belong. Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Joining us now on the line is Kim Heller, who's given us some perspective on their report or their article. And uh, we're most interested in the objectives of it all and most importantly, what they aim to achieve with it. Kim, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you and thank you for your kind invitation and it's lovely to speak to you tonight. It's, it's more kind that you accepted the invitation. Many don't. Now let's talk about what you wrote with um, uh, the Professor Sipo Siebe. What exactly is it? Is it a, an assessment? Um, what, what would you call it? The report? Yes, well, a few weeks ago, about six weeks ago, Professor Siepe and myself published two opinion pieces uh, on the State Capture Commission. Yeah. And I think we could almost call it the common uh, sense guide to, to the commission and why it may fail. And within that, those pieces, we expressed concern that the commission was facing a crisis of credibility after the so-called bombshells and revelations that the mainstream media were headlining yeah. were actually on the whole little more than a heap of hearsay. And uh, we described that as an avalanche of allegation 
rather than a firm body of, of truth. Mm. And I think as, um, as, as analysts and uh, academics, we refused to cast our eyes away from this confused and what we call legally delinquent uh, testimony, like many have. And because we expect and demand legal vigilance, you know, we, we recognize that state capture is actually effectively treason against the people of South Africa. And those that are guilty of it, whether it's the, the individuals that are trying to abuse our democracy or the public officials that have facilitated that parasitic relationship, um, we need to make sure that they are tried fairly or judged fairly on yeah. the basis of truth, not allegation. And so we are not surprised now that six to seven weeks after we've written those articles, that we've seen retractions, withdrawals of testimony by the so-called star witnesses, and we're seeing the inconvenient truth suddenly emerging. And I think sometimes South Africans, I wonder if we have an appetite for what is what is the truth, and I referred to um, possibly one of the, the greatest revolutionary leaders of all time, Malcolm X, who said, I'm here for justice and truth, no matter who it is, uh, for or against but I think, in a way, we, we fail as South Africans um, for that litmus test of justice. And we must remember that the commission is not a public gallery of opinion. It's a judicial chamber governed by legal uh, precincts uh, and principles. But we are not seeing the necessary, the necessary vigor or vigilance required. And a lot of the evidence, the so-called evidence that we're seeing presented, would, would, be, would be totally dismissed by even the lowest court. Uh, of law in our country. But effectively, the judicial inquiry, by definition, does not have the teeth that any court has. It's just that inquiry. It's not a court. What ex- What else did you expect from an inquiry? I totally agree, and you are correct, but the, the commission is a fact-finding uh, vehicle, and as such could be a, a great facilitator for democracy and a shield for democracy and justice in this country. But we are not, we are not finding that many facts. And we must, we must look back at history. You know, this is not the first commission of inquiry that has been subjected to and overcome or even captured by hearsay and allegations. I mean, if we look back at the Sariti Commission into the arms deal, our former president, uh, Tad Mubeki, was subjected to over 15 years of media onslaught. But when the commission sat, they found no evidence of culpability or guilt against him. So he had a trial by media. And in a way, we are doing that. So we would expect of, uh, of Justice Zondel to make sure that facts predominate, that um, we regard testimony with suspicion and we back it up with facts before we take it as gospel. Yeah. And it's, it seems more like who's saying what is more important than what is being said. Yeah. And the truth must be honored. We are looking for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, yeah. to use a cliche. But it's something that we're not honoring fully. But in the, this but, very, very important uh, exercise. I appreciate that, Kim, and that's why I was mm-hmm. asking you, what else did you expect? Because an inquiry, when we're, when they're asking questions, they have no teeth to do anything about the answers they get, whether those answers are factual or not. This is just an expose, an opportunity to expose information as best as they can without having to take anyone to a court of law, had they wanted these facts to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, or even the the standard of a balance of probabilities, they would have taken it to a court. But the decision was to institute a a judicial inquiry. That it's judicial does not abrogate the fact that it's still 
an inquiry. That's why I'm asking, what else did you expect from an inquiry? There would be lies and damn lies. Even in court, we see those happening. What else did you expect from an inquiry? Well, perhaps I'm more optimistic than you, and okay. I would expect better from the judiciary. And as I said before, it's not a public um, gallery of opinion. Yeah. Uh, it is a fact-finding mission, and it should, at, at the very least, honor the, the precepts of uh, best practice law and uh, judicial practice. And it doesn't seem to be doing that. I think, um, with respect, uh, Justice Zondo is being too lenient, and he's allowing testimony, which is little more than hearsay. So we've had a, you know, mentor has already retracted claims and allegations. Jonas has given very suspicious testimony. Um, he, you know, of an incident that he didn't even bother to report yeah. uh, to the authorities. And actually, he's he's behaved unlawfully. You know, we have Williams who's used, um, who's, who's undermined uh, Mutambi on the basis not of an issue related to state capture, but one of human resources, which he's never reported before. So in a way, I think uh, he's permitting um, evidence into, well, so-called evidence into yeah. this inquiry that perhaps um, he's been far too lenient because yeah. we're just getting a bigger a heap of, of lies, a heap of allegations, of unfounded um, allegations. And perhaps in, in the end, it's just a distraction against the real issues of state capture in this country. I mean, if we look at facts, 90% of state procurement goes to white companies and benefits white companies. But we are failing to address the issues of of the real enemies of, of this country yeah. in terms of uh, this white hold over the economy. We're treating it as if it's uh, business of the day. And perhaps this inquiry, which is meant to solve the malady of state capture, is actually, ironically, going to be perpetuating it by asking the wrong questions and allowing this flood of allegations to permeate. Isn't that the error, perhaps, Kim, that you're expecting the inquiry to solve, and yet that was never uh, what the Constitution envisaged with commissions of inquiry, never to solve, but to conduct expeditions of inquiry, enterprises to elicit some information, which could be used, which can be referred by those um, uh, judges um, uh, to to courts or, or other avenues. But uh, as it were, you, you're expecting them um, to do more than what they actually can under the Constitution. You know, I accept your argument, and I like your word of this expedition. It's almost like we're on an, an adventure, but we seem to be on a, an adventure with, that is not pursuing facts. And we lead. And I think in one of our articles, we actually speak about how the, the Sherpa of this judicial inquiry yeah. is allegation. And that is no, that's not going to take us anywhere. Yeah. This has to be factual. Yeah. And I mean, what are we creating? Are we creating a, a greater pool of, of propaganda? Are we creating a, a, a bigger pool of, of uh, you know, this big heap? Uh, we speak about the avalanche allegations, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it comes to that. Yeah. And I think it's not in the interest of our democracy. Yeah. It's not yeah. in the interest of our justice. Let me give you a comparison um, and understand okay. this is a very uh, uh, disparate, uh, but I, I hoping you, I'm hoping you could be able to understand the point that I'm making here, that we have... Uh, the High Court or even the Supreme Court of Appeals or even the Constitutional Court at that point, you do find people arguing there based on lies. They bring hearsay and 
after all has been admitted into evidence, uh, uh, rightly or wrongly so, you then find the decision of the judge saying this was nonsense, this is not true, this is not factual and so forth. This would have been after the fact, after it had been admitted into evidence, whether the cross-examination or the examination of various witnesses would yield facts from the uh, from the, the testimonies is neither here nor there. What you see happening is that it happens nonetheless. And then after the fact, you'd see the presiding officers saying, well, I've uh, viewed the evidence. This one was lying. This one was not honest enough. This one purged himself and so forth. We saw this in all these public cases like the Oscar Pistorius case where after the fact, the judge uh, said she is unconvinced by some of the things. She's convinced by those. And it happens all the time. So if you're worried about facts being admitted as though, I mean, lies and uh, uh, incomplete truths being admitted in the commission Mm -hmm. of inquiry, this is something that we have already seen and was currently seeing in courts Today, it's not something different or new. It's simply continuing, whether it's a court of law and even the highest court of the land, by the way, or it's a commission. And a commission has by far no teeth at all uh, as compared to courts, which have the right to hold people to account, whether it is through an order or finding them to have done something wrong and and judging them in one way or the other and, and so forth. It, it would appear as though that what you're complaining is happening with the commission. It's happening with the courts, but no complaints with, with the courts. It's happening there. And, and when Judge Zondo, the very, very same Judge Zondo, Justice Zondo, would sit in a constitutional court bench and allow these things that he's allowing in an inquiry right now. That's why I'm asking, are you not being unfair on inquiries and yet accepting it when it is done by course of our land? But I'll give you the opportunity to mull over it. I'm going to take a break and come back and you can respond to it. All right. Just stand by. EFC hits Menlin on 8 December with two massive title fights. This Sunday, see the buildup as former champ Ruan Potts prepares to take on the gigantic American Jared Bandera for the interim heavyweight title. Plus, the best females clash as the USA's Cheyenne Velismas and the Italian champ Chiara Penko fight it out for EFC gold. The countdown to EFC Menlin this Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sports. Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Welcome back. And now I'm going to take a voice note for Kim. And this is our conversation talking about their article and uh, very interesting um, writing there. Very interesting opinions that they've put together. Uh, very informative if you would like to um, uh, know a bit more about what's happening with the inquiry and some expectations. Um, uh, Kim and Professor Siepe have put together a very interesting read there. So I want to go to the voice notes and then we'll come back and have Kim respond to some of these. Uh, Phineas. Hi. Why is Gordon uh, such an untouchable? You know, there are different prosecutions for well, the so-called white-collar crimes and when black people do the very same thing. If Zuma's son were to go and enter parliament today or get a contract from government, it will be a whole different issue. But Ramaphosa's son has some allegations, it's brushed off, and Pravin Gordon's daughter is alleged to have had, you know, all these contracts, it's brushed off. The fact that he is a pharmacist and has been a minister so many times over, it's brushed off. What is the standard of prosecution? And Josie Kizadeh. 
Okay, and Josie, um, uh, uh, first and foremost, I want us to remember that this is not prosecution. An inquiry does not prosecute people. We need evidence for, uh, to elicit information, not necessarily to prosecute. But I understand perhaps you, you, you're looking for, you're pining away for a time where there can be, and probably as you're suggesting, should be some prosecutions for these people. But a commission of inquiry doesn't have prosecutors. They need evidence so that we can have information out there an inquiry is inquiring to get some information that the the nation can do something about right kim would you like to respond to Anne josie there yes i loved her points and um i think perhaps you should have her on air because she i think she summed up in that uh, that voice note so yeah. many issues okay and i think she's completely correct you know we we, we seem to be caught in this paradigm in south africa between yeah. heroes and and villains between the sinners and the saints. Yeah. And um, uh, Pravin Gudan is, is certainly in the mainstream media, uh, perhaps not on the ground uh, with the people, but um, in the mainstream media is seen as, as a hero, you know, as a, as a champion for, for anti-corruption. You know, anti but actually it's quite interesting because, and it's a sad indictment on the South African media, that it took an international journalist in 2016 to expose that he had no facts implicating former President Zuma in state capture. And that was an expose that embarrassed him and the country. And if we look at the, 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 evidence, that he, the evidence that he's brought into this case, it was a very lengthy document, but he has yet to actually connect the dots. I mean, he, he seems to be trading in, in long, um, long uh, stories, but yet not adhering to facts, to, to evidence, to a paper trail on all these things. He's not disclosing names. So we have this long essay, these long verses, but yet, um, you know, we, we, we're not hearing any facts. And I think it's a crying shame that many analysts and academics have adopted what uh, Professor Sieta and myself call a eyes wide shut defense of such poor testimony, just because they happen to favor this person. And this is actually a conspiracy in our view, not only against justice and democracy, but against common sense. And, uh, and that's a travesty of justice, actually. Okay. All right. All right. Um, um, would you like to respond to my question now? Well, your question, yes, I think you're, you, you know, you make a very compelling argument and maybe we need to send you to the commission um, as well. I, I, I do respect your argument, but I do disagree with it okay. because the, the commission, um, you're speaking about evidence as if there's evidence there, but we disagree. We feel that there's just, there's just a, a body of, of unsteady allegation and the commission we would expect to act with vigilance and adhere to the best practice um, uh, precepts uh, uh, that we would see in any court of law, which would respect the presumption of innocence and the principle of, of reasonable doubt. And it's, I was quite alarmed, um, to be honest with you, to see our president, uh, President um, Ramaphosa, speak uh, uh, about, uh, I think, at, at some um, address last night or the night before, that he says South Africa must defend Gordon. So he, he, we have our president who's really made a judgment without the facts, without the commission making um, course by saying he, he believes that Gordon is telling the truth. So that worries me. You know, I think he's wrong, uh, the president. We, we, don't, we are not here to protect any individuals or show partisan behavior. We are here to protect our democracy and safeguard justice. And I'm not sure that um, this commission is, is doing that. And yeah. we have to question that. We have to question it, and I will, I will be one of the voices that questions that in the interest not of belittling the process, 
but in uh, ensuring that we we adhere to the principles of 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 our constitution, which you referred to earlier, and our quest for democracy in this country, which we are far away away from. Okay. All right. Um, I want us to, to touch on something that you, you just briefly touched on right now, but also it's reflected in your article there, um, your reference of what uh, Christiane Amanpour said and, and, and her in engagement um, with uh, Pravin Gordon in mm-hmm. her Amanpour. Uh, show and then you say it, it it doesn't say much about South African journalists. Explain more, expound more on that. Well, why did South African journalists not interrogate what evidence he had? Because what we tend to do, because we see somebody like Udan as a hero, and he may well be. I'm not casting judgment on him. I'm just saying that the level of uh, partisanship in our media at the moment is that no one questions him because they think he's beyond questioning, that he is the holder of truth, that he is a crusader against corruption. But if we look back at the facts, he's almost a self-appointed crusader against corruption. And his his, um, commentary and his evidence, in my view, is self-righteous and doesn't lead us to the path of truth necessarily. But we are so readily able to accept him uh, and what his what his uh, viewpoint is, because we favour him politically, and the only time justice can work in this country is that if we give if we give the right to justice to everybody equally, and if we don't adhere to that principle of law, then we cannot speak about ourselves as patriotic or law-abiding or justice-seeking individuals. Okay, the the reason I'm asking you about your commentary about the media is is just that because um, most imp- first of all, let me just read verbatim what you guys wrote, and then um, we can I, I can give you my question after that. And this is what paragraph four of of of, of the October seventh article that you penned down: more questions than answers in the state of capture inquiry uh, and analysis by Professor Sipo Siepe and Kim Herra. That's the one I'm referring to. All right. And this is page paragraph four, if it's the same thing that you have there. It says, truth can be easily trumped in the plot of propaganda. It took an international journalist to expose Praveen Gordon's lack of facts on corruption and state capture during an interview on CNN in 2016. Veteran journalist Christina Amanpour, I'm sure you meant Christian Amanpour, asked Gordon if he had any information that might implicate President Zuma in any acts of corruption. No, quote-unquote, I don't have any personal information, Gordon said. An embarrassing expose. I'm wondering, is it because you have never heard any of the, or read or seen any of South African journalists um, putting these questions out there in the public domain? Or is it because you are trumping the media now, not necessarily the truth <laughs> of, of the matter? Uh, that's a lovely turn of phrase. No, I think it is because uh, the ju- journalists have taken sides. And um, if you have cared to interrogate data that um, that he and other favoured politicians um, speak of, and we we can see that uh, certain politicians, and especially the more radical black politicians, are treated very differently to those that seem to be accepted in the of, of uh, white media and white business. And uh, I, I would I, I would state that as a fact. Uh, so we accept um, that when he speaks the truth, we expect, for instance, when former President Zuma speaks, that he lies 
I had previously written where I said that even if uh, Zuma was to rescue a drowning child from a rapid, he would be seen as a villain. And that, to me, is a level of our media bias in this country. Uh, I'm trying not to take sides except to say that truth must adhere, as I quoted from Malcolm X in the very beginning of this interview. All right. No matter who it's for against, we must honor truth. All right. Here's my parting shot with you, and uh, 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 I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you to be as brief as you can if, uh, when responding to this. That, for example, on this show, this very show that we're talking on right now, we We've said so many of these questions, uh, or put out these questions, and, and would have made inv- invitations to those um, uh, concerned, whether it was the, pres- the office of the president at the time, President Jacob Zuma, whether it is uh, Pravin Gordon's office, whether it's former President Tabumbeki, or whether it is uh, His Highness the King of the Zulu Nation. All of these people, um, we have put out invitations, including Julius Malema, by the way. Um, uh, some of them have come. Some of them did not come. That that they, they, they did not come or that you did not hear about it doesn't mean that as members of the media on this particular show, we have not put those questions out there or made those suggestions that perhaps we need answers for this. And a, a generalized uh, castigation of the media becomes unfair. We see what is happening with uh, uh, Julius Malema right now. Uh, a generalized castigation of the media and you seem to be following suit. Um, I'd like to res- your, your response on that. And that will be a p- parting shot. Go ahead. Well, I, I certainly hope that you get these alternative voices and you give, um, you, you know, g- give a fair airing and possibly um, if you can try and secure Julius Malema for your show, I think that would be a, a big win for everybody and, and uh, natural voices. I do stick by my uh, assertion that media is very biased. Um, I think we see the you know, the, the, the decline of, uh, or the, the outing of, of NN7 and alternative voices. And while some people celebrate this, I, I think it's tragic. I think it speaks to a very captured media in most cases. And, uh, there are exceptions and I, I hope you're one of them. Okay. All right, Kim, thank you very much. We're going to end that conversation on that note. Yes, um, we will continue to invite them. And, and publicly right now, we are still inviting them. Julius Malema is welcome to come to the show. Uh, Pravin Gordon is welcome to the, come to the show. Uh, but then again, I doubt that they do uh, want to come to the show. But we'll let them come. Uh, our lines are always open and our doors are always open, particularly on the Headspace this show. Kim, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Thank you for a very provocative interview. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. I'm Kim Heller is a communication strategist and an analyst.